Jacob, we've arrived at our final episode of the season. Oh my gosh, where has the time gone, Kaylee? I am uh, so excited to be here. Thanks again for all the guests that have been with us all season long and all the uh, the conversations we've had that have really meant so much to, I know you and I, but all of the listeners out there in the field looking for uh, direction and hope and, and uh, uh, ideas. As to, we wrap up the school year. As we wrap up the school year. <laughs> Today we have a grab bag of teacher voicemails where uh, you guys called in and left us some thoughts and a little grab bag cutie treasure chest like at the dentist where you get like erasers and stuff thanks for doing that you know it takes <laughs> me back to the old um i know we have voicemail on our phones now but it was great when it was a little machine a little tape and you'd get home and say who who left I'm, a message i don't know what you're talking about okay and i'm dating myself <laughs> all right well let's kick off with the first voicemail our first voicemail comes to us from those who called in about their favorite extrinsic and intrinsic motivation in the classroom. We're going to hear about their tricks of the trade. First, let's hear from Tanji in Allen, Texas. My favorite extrinsic motivator as a primary teacher has been Mr. Potato Head. My students have always loved having him in our classroom, and as they make good choices, uh, show good behaviors, kindness towards one another. We add body parts to Mr. Potato Head. And once we have him whole, they would win some type of whole class reward. So Mr. Potato Head has always been a hit with my students and a way to get those students motivated to do well and make good choices. Oh, my God. Potato party. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I love it. I love. I can see it. I I can tell you. I would work hard to get Mr. Potato Head Once one more we foot. Once make him whole. I know. Oh my god. Know. Well, and also like, what a team sport. That's great. Like, hey, watch out! She's gonna take his eyes off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is something about this. Like, all ages can come together uh, for a common end, and if that is to make a potato man whole, oh, all the better. I love it. I love Tanji, it. Tanji, thank, thank you. you so much for that. That's a great one. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Sarah for our next one. Sarah is out of Jefferson County, Kentucky, a wonderful town. Personally, one of my favorite extrinsic motivators is positive phone calls home. And there's kind of a story behind that. So randomly, we would just pick as a class who we felt like really had a great day or did something really awesome. And we would give a positive phone call home, as well as people who maybe didn't always get positive phone calls home, making sure they they got um, positive contact every once in a while as well. But while this ended up becoming my favorite was because my kids had so much fun nominating each other for a positive phone call. But I had a student who started asking on days when she really liked a lesson if she could call my mom. And so I had a student who would call my mom at the end of the day and tell her if I had a really good lesson or if I did something that she really liked. And it was such a cool experience because my student wanted me to have the same um reward and feeling that she experienced and so it was so cute that she made the connection of like I love when you call my grown-up and my family I want to call yours too and it's just a really sweet story and of course my mom still talks about it Um, it's one of my favorite teaching stories to tell Uh, my friend and colleague here Kaylee is tearing up what a touching uh, uh, share Uh, Sarah thank you so much for calling in Kaylee Give voice to what you're feeling. Right oh my now. god, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Like, I think these kids are gonna heal us, y'all. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. Beautiful. Let's turn now to Intrinsic, and we'll jump back to Tanji for her submission. Again, thank you, Tanji. Now, my favorite intrinsic motivational trick or tool has always been setting up a growth mindset with my students, but also um, more impactful has been to teach them about having a culture of error in our class where we understand that mistakes help us learn and creating that safe space to make mistakes, to analyze our mistakes, and to grow from our mistakes. And we created opportunities to grow from that, to learn from that, and students became open and willing to share the mistakes they had made because they knew it was a safe space and that we were going to grow and learn from those mistakes that they made. Oh my gosh. What if all of us did that? What if adults did that too? <laughs> it, you know, it's, it goes beyond the classroom, right? What Tanji is setting up in her classroom is, is a life skill. Mm, that's right. It's a mindset. And like, you have to choose your mindset. Like it's not a mindset. Isn't like we click into it and then we plateau out. You like you have to wake up and choose it every day. And like her modeling that to the kids of error, learning from your error, not only like accepting it, but like sitting in it and analyzing it, like n divorcing it from your ego and being like, okay, math is not who I am or how I spelled this word wrong is not the sum of my personhood. Yeah. The, the, the grace and space uh, that all of us need, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, not only in the learning process, but in the living process to, right. to make errors, to, to be okay with them and, and to learn from them. That's what a safe space is. Errors are okay. I can tell you're a wonderful teacher, Tanji. Thanks for doing that with your kids and thanks for sharing it with us here today. Let's move now to uh, what teachers have in their cabinets that kids really want them to get out. We're going to go to uh, one of my favorite people on the planet, Shelby. In Decatur, Georgia, she's a high school English teacher. Uh, she and I studied at Agnes Scott together. And um, she's going to tell us about a little unexpected treat that her uh, older kiddos really want her to get out. In my teaching cabinet, I think that the one item or items my students always want me to pull out are my costumes. I have three or four giant Tupperwares full of random costumes that no matter what the age, my students constantly ask for me to pull those out. We play all kinds of games with them. Even in my IB classes, um, we do various uh, charades games where we are guessing characters based on you know your how your outfit is. We might do skits. The seniors might be studying different rhetorical devices. They have to dress up as a device and act it out. Or we might do commercials because it's an IB course and they study various uh, medium. Oh my gosh! So Shelby, you with your costumes, you're right. You're a legend. I mean. She taught me how to do this with my kids when I was teaching English uh, back before I was a math teacher, um, like having them put on costumes and reenact in plain speak what we just read from Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, having the costumes are truly like a liberating mm -hmm. device. I love it. I mean, I, you know, my daughter personally asks me keep the costumes in the closet because I, I still <laughs> want to get them out. Get them out. I think the thing about that I love about this question and Shelby's response uh this is student engagement personified. The agency of kids say, no, let's do that thing. Yeah. Like that's excitement about learning. That is uh, uh, really, really a cool thing to share, Shelby. Oh my gosh. And like the kids dressing up as a rhetorical device. What, <laughs> what, can you please, uh, we need videos. Yes, Could absolutely. You please send those Next over. season, right? I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, let's turn next to Amanda from Ridgefield, Washington, third grade teacher. What's in your teaching cabinet, Amanda? It's not in my cabinet, really. Um, I teach in a portable where I have like no storage. There's no built-in storage. So I really only have a rolling cabinet, and it's actually stored in our bathroom. So my kiddos see it all the time. And it's not in the cabinet, but it's on top of it. I have a laundry basket that holds all of the supplies for the glow day party I usually do every year. And um, it looks kind of funky, like if they don't know what it is yet, um, which I keep it a secret until we have it. But there's like bottles of beans and stuff like that in there for um, bowling and things like that. But uh, kids always want to know what it is. And mainly they ask me um, if I do laundry at school because the laundry basket really throws them off. Yeah, because we just power down whenever we send our kids home. We like live in our classrooms, <laughs> we just, yeah. like, like Sh- Chuck E. Cheese. Like, right. <laughs> well, and, and a shout out to all the professionals teaching in portables. That's uh, right. You know what I Honestly. mean? Honestly, I, I love the uh, the notion of delayed gratification. Don't tell them. I love it. So sneaky. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. What is that? Well, you're just gonna have yeah, to you'll find see. out. Oh my gosh! And also, like your glow day party. Like, are you guys raving? Like is what's is, what's going on? Is there like glow sticks? Is there like EDM music? Oh, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> We're bowling with beans. It's, it's third grade. <laughs> hey, come on! I love that. That is such a great treat and great tip. Thank you, Amanda. Let's jump back to Sarah from Jefferson County, Kentucky. Uh, also, what's in your cabinet, Sarah? What my kids would grab in our teaching cabinet was actually things that belong to them. So my kiddos had morning choice boxes. And instead of coming in to school and immediately having to do a worksheet or work on something um, like math or reading, the first 10 minutes of our day was all choice. So their morning choice box was filled with a lot of different things. It would be sometimes it was it, they would use a coloring sheet. They had Legos. They had math games. And they got to make that choice first thing in the morning about what they were going to do. And it really helped with self-monitoring in my class because people would come and be like, you know what, I really want to play this math game with my friend. Or they would know, I've had a rough morning and I need to do something on my own independently. And so then they would get a coloring sheet out of their box. But these were all things that, while it might not seem like learning because we weren't sitting down and directly talking about math or science. Some of the best learning came from those experiences because getting to see my kids come in and say, you know what, I had a really hard morning. I need to take some time by myself or I learned a new game or that friend has Uno and I want to play with them. Um, It really helped our environment. And then they just were so much more relaxed when they knew that they were going to come in and have a little bit of freedom. So They always went for those and throughout the day, like reference, like I can't wait until morning choice again. So that was what the kids really loved. That is huge. You said they were so much more relaxed. Is that what I just heard? That when they knew they were going to get to make a choice. Okay, that's a bomb. That is a mouthful. Kids are relaxed when they know they get to make a choice. I I always love the turn of a phrase and what you're saying, Sarah, which I love for the relevance and the engagement of kids. But this, this notion of, well, somebody told me once, you got to choose your choices. Mm. Setting up the choice box right. so that kids are filling the choice box themselves, I think is uh, a, a really novel uh, and ingenious way to, to uh, keep kids engaged, start their day off right. Um, I think if uh, we had been doing stuff like this like 50 years ago, we would be a really different place. Like our country would be different. Knowing like, I had a rough morning. I need to color. <laughs> like that's so healthy. Like you're raising healthy kids. Thank you, Sarah. 
We also asked our teacher friends how they use Post-its in the classroom. We're going to hop over to Shelby uh, again and hear how she's using Post-its creatively in her upper school English classes. Uh, My favorite use for Post-it notes, this goes back to my very first year of teaching, and I've been doing this now for 12 years. Um, Whenever we have our parent open house night, I like to put Post-it notes and markers all around the room, and I ask parents to leave a note for their student uh, or their child. And And then they put it on my door, the inside of my classroom door as they leave the room. And I can't tell, like, I just, when the students come back to my classroom the next day, they're always just so touched by their notes. Uh, And I always make sure to write notes for the students whose parents were not able to make it. And I always send an email to parents letting them know, like, I'm going to be doing this. And if they're unable to make it to the parent open house night, what message would they like me to leave their child? And so I'll write that for their child from them. And it really does help with classroom management. I think it's kind of a way for students to feel like their parent is in the room and a part of their uh, experience in my classroom. And I highly recommend this activity. Shelby, that's that's just beautiful. Yeah. The the notion of bringing uh, family and, and school together. And, and the fact, that, you know, uh, it's about being cared for. It's about being seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least realizing that like school is not like a pause on your life. School is part of your life. And we're all in this together and yeah. we're all behind you. Yeah. Oh I my gosh. That. It's so beautiful. Like I, uh, Shelby, you're a freaking genius. You remain a genius. 12 years strong on this post-its game. You got this girl. <laughs> Let's pop over to Sarah and hear how she uses some post-its. My favorite way to use post-its is by a quick, what we would call 30-second speech. So you can give kiddos a post-it upside down. When they flip it over, they reveal a word, and it they have to instantly give a 30-second speech about it. Now, this could be something really funny and silly. They have to become the expert. So let's say maybe they get, they flip over their post-it and they have the word alligator, and they have to come up with a 30-second speech on the spot of like why an alligator is the worst pet or why alligators are the best animal. But this strategy can also be used for things like if they have a science word that they need to know um, and checking vocabulary. So maybe they get something like the water cycle on their post-it and they have to flip that over and then give a 30 second speech on what the water cycle is and everything that they know about it. It can be used for fun and it can be used for learning activities. So it's a great mix up and kids always love it. And it feels more like a game and experience rather than a quiz. You're a freaking genius. You're a freaking genius, man. I don't even what it, I, I don't even know what to say. Like I want to give Jacob a poster right now and be like, I would give me love a speech. the challenge. You know the 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 thing that I love about this is what a disarming way to help deal with one oh. of humanity's biggest nervous Fears things. Of public speaking, public speaking, right? And also like and not being an expert, but having to act like one because like right. I, that's what adulting is. <laughs> being an adult is just faking <laughs> it. I'm right here faking it, girl. That is beautiful because then uh, you know back to like what you put in the choice box, like. Having some agency over like what the post-its say, like you could flip it over and it could be the water cycle. Like I didn't even think about that, but it could also be like friendship. Give it 30 second. Like maybe we're having a little bit of strife in our school, like flipping over like um, bullying or like something like that. What what a great activity. You know, if if you ever, we all have those days where eh, it just, we're, 
We don't have the energy in the classroom. Things feel stiff. Something to your point happened at school and, you know, everybody's kind of focused elsewhere. What a great way to recenter the community in your classroom, give kids some confidence. And I'm pretty sure lots of laughs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It seems like just roulette. Like who's going to have to make up a speech about the tooth fairy. (laughs) One of the rocks best performances. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's turn our attention now to compliments. Best compliment you've ever received from a parent or a student or a student. And first, let's go to Tanji. One of the biggest compliments a parent has ever given me about their student is telling me that their child's reading growth has taken off under my instruction because I know that literacy is so important. That's a a lifelong skill and that's super important to me. So to know that I've been part of bringing the love, the joy, and the ability to read to a student, that's always going to be one of the biggest compliments I can ever get from a parent about their student. Tanji, I just have to applaud you. And it's a reminder to all of us, right? I, I think a lot of times teaching can seem like rowing a small boat across the ocean for a long time you lose perspective (laughs) it's just we're just doing this day after day but you're really getting somewhere you know we have jobs uh because kids don't know and their growth uh is is our impact yeah teaching i often say is like the highest highs and the absolute lowest lows if you're a teacher you are signing up for a life without equanimity like you are just like up and down and up and there's nothing um and so you're up and down and up and down. There is no balance in that moment of being told that you have impacted a child's ability to read. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like, that's enormous. Tanji, uh, please be my teacher. Sarah, let's hear about the biggest, best compliment you ever received. The biggest compliment I ever received from a parent um, was that a parent told me that she recognized that a kid spends more time during the school year with the teacher than they do their parent. And she was a single mom. And she said, if I could pick anyone else to pour into my child's life aside from me, it would be you. And I am so glad to know that she is in your hands and care when she is not with me. And that was a really big compliment for me. Jacob, how's that hit you as a parent? right in the heart Mm -hmm. uh um it is uh well with me my folks always say used to say it takes a village and that wasn't a compliment (laughs) 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 but being a parent and and even a single parent uh you know uh, the amount of time my daughter spends at school and how it's shaping who she is as a person in ways that i only see the um kind of the after effects she is being shaped at right now while I am sitting here with you mm-hmm. and I'm not a witness to it uh, right. but I get to see uh, the beauty of that um, takes a lot of trust a lot of trust a lot of trust and like if you have teachers like that oof yeah it's like sending your kid to a safe soft place to land how incredible mm-hmm. Lane tell us about your compliment a big compliment that I've received recently from my students is that they feel that I get their jokes. They say a lot of their teachers don't understand their jokes, but I really get their sense of humor. And that's a big compliment for me. (laughs) 
that's amazing <laughs> um lane i i can't i just like saw you like two days ago but i can't remember if you are like me are you still teaching like fifth grade because i'm teaching sixth and i totally get like they are so funny mm-hmm. and all they need is someone to laugh at them mm-hmm. like they just need to feel sort of understood a little bit that's right oh isn't that true for all of us yes don't you love people that think you're funny, Jacob? Oh, I don't know. I know that none of us do. But. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, watch it. Always my favorite people. Amanda, let's hear your favorite compliment from a parent or student. The biggest compliment a student or parent ever gave might actually sound familiar to one of our podcast hosts um, because it came from his kiddo, actually. Um, and the biggest compliment I ever got was when she told me, um, I love being in your class and I think you're a great teacher because you give kids exactly what they need and you make sure that every kid is getting what they need, um, which made my teacher heart so happy because that is exactly what my goal is in here every single day. So knowing that at least one kiddo thinks I'm doing it um, and felt like I was doing it for them was just the biggest compliment ever. Oh my God, Jacob, is that your kid? That's actually case in point, uh, (laughs) seeing my daughter grow uh, at the hands of, at the feet of great teachers. Yeah, Amanda is uh, one of the best teachers I've ever met Mm. um, and has had such an outsized impact in my daughter's confidence. Um, I wonder if your daughter's going to be a teacher. She's thinking about it. Yeah, she's thinking. This is about the it. kind of pe- this is the kind of experience that makes you want to be one. Um, and like it sounds like Amanda is nailing one of the things that we keep talking about on the podcast, which is differentiation. That's right. And like you're just nailing it. You know, it's it's um, Amanda has had such an impact on my daughter. I uh, actually met with the my my the school counselor yeah. this week, and she had informed me recently we had Teacher Appreciation Week, and that there was a misunderstanding that my daughter was rallying the students. Uh, um, against the staff and my daughter said no I was rallying the students to say we need to appreciate the staff too many kids are rude to teachers they are here for us it was advocator oh my god I love Uh, her yeah well uh, Amanda (laughs) thank you for what you do for all kids thank you especially for what you've done for mine let's round it out now with your favorite funniest moment in the classroom we're going to round this out with Tanji, who I think is my new podcast crush. I'll be in Texas soon. And the funniest thing that has happened in class lately for me has been a situation where I actually fell out of my chair. So I realize I tend to sit on the edge of my rolly chair after this event. And in this particular instance, I I just sat too far on the edge, and as I did this, I could feel, it felt like it was in slow motion, but I felt the chair slowly slipping away from me, and I couldn't stop it, and then, bam, I just ended up on the ground. All the kids turned around to look to see if I was okay, and I think at that moment, I just, it was so silly how it happened. I cracked a joke, and we all laughed, and went back to what we were doing and it was just one of those blooper moments with my class and we just laughed and connected together about it i'm cracking up because tanji that's a very funny story but your delivery of it is what is hilarious i don't think you've processed it yet i think you you still sound like you're sitting on the ground a little in shock yeah you know <laughs> I, you think about the motivators and, and some 
teachers will use the carrot or the stick. I love that you're using the slapstick in the classroom. Oh, my nice one. <laughs> did you see nice what I did one. Tanji, <laughs> good luck sitting in that chair. Good luck. Uh, you're, stay away from the edge, lady. Stay away from the edge. <laughs> All right, let's turn now to Sarah. Funniest moment in the classroom. The funniest thing that has happened with kids in the classroom recently is that I was teaching the kids about um, a history lesson and I was like, yeah, actually I was in first grade when this happened. And they were like, what? You were in first grade? You were alive for this? And I was like, yeah. Um, I'm a pretty young teacher and I look young. So they just totally perceive me as being on similar timelines and experiencing history how they were. So they were absolutely shocked. And they were like, oh my gosh, that means you were born in the 1900s. I was like, yep, I sure was. And then they proceeded to ask me if I had ever met um, JFK. And I was like, nope, I was not alive during that timeline. But that was really funny on both ends for them and for me. And I definitely lost some cool points that day. But I think I've redeemed myself. <laughs> Sarah, start uh, start collecting that AARP now, girl. I was uh, born in the 1900s. 1900s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I only recently was allowed to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, one of the most fun activities just to understand how a lot of times kids are disconnected from historical timelines. Just, you know, if you're looking for a warm up sometime or uh, ask your kids, put a list of things. When was this invented? The TV, the car, the first time we went to space, et cetera. And try to like put it on um, a timeline. Yeah, the, it's it's hysterical. They're like 2022. 20, uh, the TV's been around 18, since the 1800s. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, Sarah, that is really funny. You were born in the 1900s. That really mm. that got our podcast uh, director here, Matt. You Matt's were, listening, you, and Matt was shaking. You with were ruffling laughter. his petticoat for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, okay, this is absolutely hands down my favorite episode. You know, and what a great way to end a great season. Kaylee, uh, thank you so much for what you've brought to this podcast and uh, and to our listeners. Thank it's you really for been so special. selflessly welcoming me. It's been such a great time. And I, I hope that next season we hear from more teachers about the magic that they're creating, the low, the low stakes choices that are leading to huge dividends. Um, thank you for sharing all of you. Thank you for joining us this season on the Continuing Educator Podcast. Um, we hope to see you next season. Hope to see you, hear you. We hope for you to hear us. <laughs> and we want to hear back from you. Thanks again for everybody that sent in a voicemail, gave it a like, gave it a follow, shared it with their friends and colleagues. Uh, you are really the reason we are doing this. So. We hope that you listen to us on your way to school or home from school as a way to celebrate the work that you are doing. You are making a huge difference and you are valued. You're valued. Have a great summer, and we'll see you next fall on The Continuing Educator.